everybody. Welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. My name is Lisa Rollins. I'm Ted DeMaison. We are your co-hosts on this curious round through mindfulness and improvisation. It's it's a you know it's a romp. It's a romp. We join you from a rare sunny day in Daly City. <laughs> Daly City, California. The fog has paused. The for a moment. fog capital of the world. It has uh, it has relaxed. The, the fog has receded, and it is a beautiful sunny day. Yeah. So uh, our topic today is relaxation. So like the fog, we are exploring relaxation. Yeah, taking some time off. That's really not a. It's not a great. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. <laughs> it wasn't a great tie-in. But I appreciate that you were using what we had. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There's some interesting ways that unexpected ways maybe that uh, relaxation can play a role in mindfulness, and then I wondered. How does it show up in improv? Yeah. So we kind of take a look at some of that stuff. We also talk about a, a book called The Meditator's Dilemma by a guy named Bill Morgan. So I'll invite you to check that out if you get the chance because it's a really interesting book. But we'll tell you more about it in the episode. I don't think there's a whole lot else to say here. I think let it roll. Yeah, just, uh, okay. There is something else to say. <laughs> I know. It's doorknobbing. I told you about doorknobbing no. in therapy when it's like the session's over, you're, about, you're leaving the office and you're like, oh, Doc, one more thing. There's this huge earth-shattering thing that's yeah. yeah. And you're like, you can't do that. Okay, but anyway, I'm yeah. doorknobbing a okay. bit. But uh, just to say, it's been a while. Yeah. I'm really psyched that people come back and listen. So thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. Yeah. And uh, all right, now let's get in. Okay. I just I just wanted to say thank great. you. Great, great. Always space for gratitude. Here we go, people. Off we go. Since we last spoke, you went to Paris. Yeah. Are you feeling cultured? I mean, you do have this lovely jacket on that you got there. I do. Mm, it was great. Yeah? Yeah. Did you do anything like that felt cultural? Like, oh yes, and now I'm in France. I had um, uh, the best thing is a Café Gourmand, mm-hmm. which I'm told is very Parisian, which is the perfect thing. It should be on every menu. It's a menu item. It's a menu item. Okay. It is a shot of espresso and three tiny desserts. Oh, interesting. I, I was thinking, like a cafe as in coffee. I was thinking like a building, a place, a, a cafe, a cafe. Oh, so it's a menu item. Okay. It's a menu item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what were your three desserts? Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like a little, like a little financier and a little tub of pudding and a little like an eclair sweet like just little sweet thing but just like bites like tiny little bite like three little tiny bites and i was like this is exactly what i want after lunch i don't want a piece of cheesecake Uh i want a shot of espresso and three tiny desserts yeah they're good at small portions that mm -hmm. little bites it's perfect i had many of those any opportunity, I was like, I'll have a Café Gourmand. <laughs> it's the perfect size. I'll have four of them in a row. <laughs> you just want one, but repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It was great. So that was maybe the most, yeah, just lots of sitting and having coffee. Mm-hmm. Lots of sitting and having coffee. A couple of croissants thrown in there. Nice. Obligatory. Yeah, important. Very, very important. For a croissant lover to have them yeah. in the place that they are. Native. They are native. They are native. Yeah. They're, they are definitive. When I went to France last year, I was astonished at how much I loved the croissant. I could not believe. How much I, you loved it? Yeah, maybe I, we talked about this before on the podcast, but we got there. I went to the Boulangerie the first day. 
brought home a croissant and it, and it was just like just melted and so light so flaky the best and so heavenly like oh my god and then you realize what shit we eat in this country and call it croissants they're not like you croissants. go to Costco and you get a like four, you know 44 pack of croissants yeah, Ted, Ted has one right here uh, and it's and it's uh, it's not the same. It's not. They're just different animals. They're yeah. different. They're yeah. just different. They're different. But like tartine will give you a really good croissant. Like there's places in the city that yeah. have great croissants. Okay. So, but in France, the croissant like one euro, seventy five cents, a good deal. Four twenty five in the states. Come back here. Four twenty five. Five dollars. Three seventy five. And they're, yeah, they're not really. No, some of them are great. Okay, I've never had a great one. I'll give you two places to go. Okay. Arsico, okay, which is on. I want to say it's on Arguello. Yeah, and tartine. Have you had a tartine croissant? No. no. Okay. So, okay. so I believe I'm not surprised be that you think they're all meh if you've had them strictly at whatever right. other but, makers. But I am going to bump up against my like five dollars for a quick. Yeah. Right. No, you got to eat that. So I tried the Costco ones out, and you're right. You get twelve of them for six bucks. Bargain. Great price. And you think, okay, are, these aren't going to be good. But if you put them in the microwave for 10 or 15 seconds, yeah, they soften up, they lighten up. Yeah. They're actually, they're reasonable. You can... You can pass it off, especially if you do it with fresh fruit. I like cut up a peach, stab the peach with a knife, put the fruit on the bread. Mm, it's good. Yeah, but well, that's because peaches are delicious. But and bread not. is fine. <laughs> so you put take a delicious thing and put yes, it with a passable yes. thing and you have a pretty positive point. experience. Point well taken. So I'm just saying. Next week, yeah. I will be back in the land of croissant. That's I perfect. ride the squeaky bike, ride the squeaky bike to the boulangerie. Perfect. Come back. <laughs> and then. With a baguette in your a baguette. front basket. Yep. It's yeah. all good. That's nice. Well, I have visions of you being super sophisticated. That's about right. Doing a show. <laughs> Very Doing a show, coming out, going to a cafe. Yeah. Having this dessert and like sitting along the sand and. Yeah. yeah, there was never sitting along the sand, but but lots of lots of just walking, wandering, croissant eating. Okay, all right. Well, that's great. Yeah. And any other big news to report since we? Well, I'm going away again in a few weeks. I'm going to Norway for an for a, a festival, mm-hmm. the International Theater Sports Institute Festival. The Lisa Rowland's traveling show is back in gear. Yeah, but I'm also realizing that like, I will have an amazing time, and it will be great, and. I'm not sure I need to do a lot of this. Mm. Is it because you miss Ramona and Dave? It's just be yes, yes, but the the experience is less of like oh when I'm gone it's too hard. It's just like that doesn't hold a, a sort of I don't feel drawn to do it mm-hmm. anymore. So mm-hmm. it's not like oh I tried it and it was too hard to be away. That's not what happened. Right. You just it's not compelling. It's not as it's not as compelling. Mm-hmm. I think I, there will still be travel and performance and things. I, I'm just like noticing that shift in myself mm-hmm. of like, oh man, when it was just me, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. invited to fill in the blank city around the world. Like, yeah, of course, right. if I can physically make it happen, mm-hmm. there's no reason on earth that I wouldn't. And now, even though I have like this incredible support team that makes it possible for me to go do that, because like my mom and Dave are mm-hmm. willing, I'm like, I mean, I could, and it would be great i know it would be great but it's that feeling yeah yeah. i wonder how much of that is is you're just having changed and becoming a parent and internal priorities have shifted and yeah it just doesn't have the same pull i wonder if it's covid mediated like i know i I don't feel scared it's not that like it doesn't feel covid anxiety i didn't mean anxiety i meant in the way that 
we got used to staying at home and yeah. being satisfied yeah. with that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, there was the Applied Improvisation Network conference that just happened in Spain, and I really, really wanted to go. It didn't work out with my schedule and expenses and all that, so I didn't go. And when it was going on, I was missing it, but I also thought, you know, I'm kind of glad to just be home. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not have run across the world to go do that. So I'm feeling some of that too, and you know, yeah. I wonder. I, I wonder what the what's what causes all that shift. But okay. Yeah, and I think like you know, we've talked about social media before. Like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm not, I, I'm not off of it. I haven't posted anything in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Me either. Very rarely. I lurk on Instagram a lot. I rarely lurk on Facebook. I lurk on Facebook far less. Mm-hmm. So funny watching Facebook, like all the things it starts trying to get you back, right? Like, oh, I sent you an email letting you that your friend posted something that you might have strong feelings about. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Has it ever said you might have strong feelings? It's what it implies. <laughs> I haven't heard that language. I just... You know, like, this person um, recently updated their post. We're waiting for your reaction. Really? Things like that. Wow. You know, things that are just, like, yeah. b- like baiting you to yeah. go, like, oh, I wonder what it is. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're brilliant at it. It's like they're, that's, you know, know, they're brilliant at it. So I'm not, you know, and I, I'm just, like, paying attention to my world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my world has just gotten smaller. And I'm like, I don't need to give this to anyone else. I don't need any, I don't need to perform it. I don't need to show it to anybody. I don't need to... It's so fascinating. People don't need to know what, the, what I'm doing all the time. And they don't need to know where I am. And they don't need to know how much I love my partner. And happy birthday to you because you're such an amazing person. And they don't need to know that I'm on vacation with my amazing family. And they don't need to know that I mm-hmm. may, tried this new recipe. Like, they just don't need to know that those things. And it's not that... I don't know. I, I I just started questioning, like, why am I giving this to everybody? Yeah. And for me, it's not good for me because as soon as I start doing that, I start scanning my life for how to frame it for yeah. other people, yeah. which I don't like. No. I don't like That's that lovely in, change to in me. myself. I have my new battle with Facebook, and I, I'm currently currently in it, is, you know, they've started doing these reels. Mm-hmm. These short little videos that are TikTok esque. I Facebook on, does that. Yeah, I got on TikTok for like half an hour and I was like, "Holy shit, get the hell out of here!" Yeah, it was too I, much. I cannot. I can't keep up. Futile to resist. Uh-huh. I cannot resist the addictive quality. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not going to touch TikTok. Yeah. Well, Facebook has started doing these TikTok like little short videos. I think Instagram has moved that in that direction yeah. as well. It's all videos. And. I just rabbit hole. It's like instant rabbit hole. Yes. I'm like, why did I just? So I'm, yes. I'm like, you know, I'm even less likely to go because I don't want to get pulled into that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I need to, I like, I kicked Instagram off my phone for a second and then I, and I invited it back. Mm-hmm. Is it obeying your new boundaries? No. Mm-hmm. No. Got to get it back in line. But part of it is like, oh, my mom's group has like a thread on Instagram and they like share helpful stuff and there's like some cool parenting stuff on there and there's like Yeah, there's reasons. There's to things stay. that I like about it, but I'm but it's but it 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 lies to me hmm. and tells me that I'm missing stuff when I'm not on it. That like this is where things are happening. You're mm-hmm. gonna miss it. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Things shifting. All right. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. Our cadence has slowed. Yes. I will say, listeners, 
you have stayed with us. Thank you for listening. We were over like 500, 600 listens for the last episode for the 100th thing. Oh, great. Oh, so here was my, oh, so here was my thought. Yeah. Um, I know we're talking about something else, but my thought was about culminations. Hmm. It's so brief. I think it's brief, but it was, I was thinking about like, oh, it's a, it's 101 episodes and and our hundredth episode, and anytime there's like a big, whatever, like right. a some demarcation, right? Yeah. When it comes to improv, I hate them. Huh. Graduation shows, final senior, like you know, with the Stanford improvisers, the seniors would always do a show, which right. ostensibly they're like the most experienced improvisers. It's like the seniors are doing a show, or like the you know New Year's Eve shows where it's like special event show. Yeah. And I hate them. Interesting. Because I'm not doing anything different than normal, but I feel that I have to be better than I normally am. Mm. Like now there's these expect there's a heightened right. expectation of like of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we all just keep trying. And so tonight we're gonna keep trying on New Year's Eve. Right. And we have as much a chance at it being a train wreck as it being wonderful, but we're charging you more money for it and Mm -hmm. serving you champagne afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it has this heightened, like, expectation of what this is. Anyway, I just like the idea of, like, normalizing. We're always in process, even on special events. There's a part of that that just seems... uh, It would seem super mindful, like, every moment is a moment. Yeah. I mean, what if you just bring your full self to every moment? And yeah. It's not more special than another. And at the same time, there's the part of me that's like, but what about the ritual? What about the... Yeah. You know, like... And I love fancy. It's like, I love fancy so, things. F- yeah, fancy like, fun times. Gosh, it's Christmas. Like, of course we're going to have a holiday party and like, you know, get together. And yeah, then, totally. I mean, like, specifically around... I don't mean like... But you mean for sure. We never should show. make a big deal out of anything. <laughs> I don't mean nothing, that. I mean, specifically matters. around improv. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, I don't know what made me think of that exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, is it because your improv class is ending? Maybe. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we're building up to a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Almost every class I don't know if that's I, an interesting thought. I almost every class I teach, I do a little piece on what makes for healthy goodbyes. And we talk about, you know, recounting what happened and getting to appreciate each other and acknowledging that it's happening and that kind of stuff. That's enough for me. So if there were... An improv show that was a final improv show for a group. I'd like to do that. I would need to do a thing after that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it before, like with the audience to say, "Hey, this is our last show." And yeah. But but I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Anyway, I don't. Again, I don't know if that's interesting. Same. I maybe thought I had more in there. Same chance to have it be a train wreck. Same chance <coughs> to be awesome. Yeah, which I guess is like in improv. You know, you do things in rehearsal that are brilliant that can never be seen by people, and you still did them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still amazing. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, I like that. Culminations okay. is a, culmination is a great word in and of itself, just without saying anything else. Just I'm glad you said it. Yeah, great. Thank you. So it has been a while. We, we had, a, I had an idea for a topic. Yeah. Which I'm kind of surprised that we haven't done before because it seems like we've done everything. Yeah. But I... I've recently uh, been reading a book called The Meditator's Dilemma, and it had this twist 
on mindfulness practice that I thought was fascinating. And I was like, I wonder how this applies in improv. So the, the topic is relaxation. Uh-huh. So here's the premise. This guy, Bill Morgan, who wrote this book, is a Westerner who was going to meditation retreats. And he found himself frustrated. Like he would work really hard. He would, he'd get into it. He was dedicated. He just couldn't get it. He couldn't solidify his practice. He couldn't feel comfortable. He was just always feeling frustrated. And he went for like a three-month retreat. It just was always tension. And so he started trying to understand why. And his take was that it's because we are tense as Westerners. Hmm. Right? So most mindfulness teachers in, in the West do not target relaxation. You're not trying to relax. There are a lot of people who sell mindfulness will say, you'll feel calmer. But it's like it's meant to be a byproduct, right? So you, you pay attention to something in the present moment and you feel relaxed because you've quieted your mind. Great. But the relaxation isn't the point. It's right. really what's happening. Yeah. It might actually, you might feel more anxious because you're noticing something. It sounds like Bill Morgan felt anxious. He did. But he couldn't, because he felt anxious, he couldn't settle into his practice. So his thing was, okay, in the West, we're so achievement-oriented that we try to do it right. Mm -hmm. And that trying to do it right creates tension, which then creates resistance, which then makes it hard to stay focused. So he thought, what if we do relaxation first mm -hmm. before trying to bring in the focus? And so his approach is, let's learn to relax the body. Let's learn to use uh, guided imagery to make you... To bring in things that you feel happy about or you feel grateful for or you mm -hmm. feel delighted by or they're playful. Do that first and then bring in the mindfulness focus practice to build on top of that. Now all of a sudden you've got this buffer of joy and freedom and positivity mm -hmm. and now it sticks. Mm -hmm. It's a, like a total flip of what comes first. That, is that the point of his book? Is That's he the like, point of his book. I figured it out. Relax first. We in the West need to relax first because our culture doesn't support the notion of just being. Uh huh. In the East, with a culture in in India and in China and Japan, maybe less so in Japan because it's so Westernized. But where the culture has for so long been about being. Uh huh. When you start to meditate, it's got this whole network of. You, you already have a support. skill set. There's like skill you've set. already yeah. been doing it. You know what it means to pause <laughs> yeah, and just be. Whereas we're like, what are you talking about? Right, because we're driven by productivity. Yeah. So that's his whole that's his whole thing. So I've been now playing with this in my class and in my learning lab that I do where I try new stuff out. And I'm like trying these guided visualizations before and then doing a seated meditation. And, and people seem to really like it. Mm -hmm. It seems to have a... What have you noticed? Have you done it for yourself? I've mostly done it for myself in the classes, but this is a good question, actually. Because I haven't done it so much at home, but I have been exercising more. Mm -hmm. I've been swimming a lot, and I find that when I meditate after swimming, that it's easier and deeper. Yeah. Same thing is true if I do yoga beforehand. So there's something about the physical movement that relaxes me, mm -hmm. I think, and leads me in. Mm -hmm. But I haven't, no, I haven't been um, meditating on something delightful or, gratitude, or that I'm grateful for, like bringing that to mind. But I think the physical movement is doing that for me as mm -hmm. well. So 
now I'm I've got my eyes open to relaxation, mindfulness, improv, and, and I, thinking about. I that. have a little question. Okay. What is that book full of? Because like what you just told me is relatively simple, but is it like techniques for relaxation or mm-hmm. like how do you write a book whose whose moral is try relaxing first? <laughs> try relaxing first. Meditation will be easier or better or something. Like what what does he what's what does he fill a book with? Well, so a lot of it is about first he's just introducing the notion that we have this tension in the West. Uh huh. He calls it the striving striving problem that we're like always trying to do something and do something well. Yeah, it's like kind of competitive. Yeah, and so he talks about building a holding environment. So a lot of it is like, what is the holding environment, and then cultivating it. Mm. He starts with relaxation, but he's also got uh, playfulness and delight, gratitude and wonder, warmth and tenderness. Hmm. So he's different ways to activate that. Talking about what what does this mean? How do you build it? How do you bring it out? He tells stories about his own life and how it played out in his practice. And then at the end, he gets into tranquility, right? And then from there, once you're doing all this stuff, what are some some ways to build insight? But he's also, he's got games as well. Mm-hmm. So he's like, ooh, this is right up our alley. Um, yeah, rising, investigation games, rising and falling games, I can't get no satisfaction games, interpersonal games. So I haven't finished the book yet, so I don't know all these games yet, but... It's, it's kind of cool. Social mindfulness, he calls it. So now, hmm. I'm curious about, it's just gotten me thinking about relaxation, thinking about how it applies in improv. Yeah. And so one of my questions that I was thinking of for you was, do you intend to relax before a show? No. Or do you, I mean, I think of most improv is like, get you hyped up, you know, bouncing off the walls, live like, Oh, I don't feel, I don't relate to that. I mean, I I think I want to empty my mind. Okay. I don't want to show up with a whole bunch of ideas. Yeah. But I don't do anything specifically to relax. Mm -hmm. I drink coffee, which many would argue is the opposite. Right. right? (laughs) But I, that, that's sort of an important pre-show ritual. And is it, are you drinking the coffee for the little boost from the caffeine in terms of focus and attention? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it for the ritual of like having something yeah. warm? It's and, just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, it's my little touch point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go get a cup of coffee and it's on. Yeah. I know before a show, I definitely want to at least take two minutes to go somewhere quiet and breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just kind of find a center. Mm-hmm. And that helps me. And there have been times when I've been in groups that that's not their energy. Mm-hmm. And so I have to go kind of do it on my own. And I, I feel bummed for leaving the group because I also value the connection and yeah. tying in with other people, right? But Yeah, I think that before, sh- yeah, before shows, I, I would not say that I seek relaxation. And part of that is like, I don't, I don't want to show up super just like chilled out. Right. Like I don't want to be too, rel- like I want to have a little, I don't want to be hyped up. But I want to have positive tension in my body. Right. I don't want to let all that go. Yeah, That's yeah. important for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so before the show, I seek connection more than relaxation. Right. Like I just want to feel. And then I just remind myself, just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this reminds me, and we've we've talked about this all the way through. Is this kind of like all the way through our episodes, having this balance, right? And so, yeah, it's not floppy. It's not rigid, 
it's relaxed and alert is the kind of the mindfulness thing. It's like can yeah. you sit in a way that's like you're not slouching, but you're not military, mm-hmm. you know, at attention. Yeah. Um, but I guess there does need to be a certain sort of inner... You can't have a lot of monkey mind or else you're not paying attention to what's there. Mm-hmm. So there does seem, need to be a... You have to have an ability to focus. Mm-hmm. And equanimity and... I don't know if there's an improv equivalent, but there's also another thing that sometimes uh, mindfulness and meditation teachers will do, you know, doing a body scan, going through the body to just bring awareness to each place. Sometimes you'll do a tense, like, okay, let's go to the toes, tense the toes, hold it for five seconds, and then let go. And it's like by stepping into the tension and then relaxing, it actually gives you a wider relaxation than if you just said, relax the toes. Right, right, right. So I like that. I like doing that with my jaw, with my hands, my arms. And then I was thinking, what would that be like in improv? What does it mean to like tense up, like be striving for, trying to get a good idea and then relaxing? How how could that be? How could you use that principle? Well, I feel like here's the way I do use it. Maybe. Is there's two, I do ward at a time. Mm-hmm. And in one case, first we just do it to teach the skill. Mm-hmm. By word at a time, I mean creating a sentence, alternating words, mm-hmm. one word at a time with your partner. And then in round two, I say, you really want to give your partner a good time. So try to think of the best word. Like when it's your turn to give a word, really try to come up with something that's really going to delight your partner. Great. And then the third round, I say, you don't actually matter because your partner's brilliant. So it doesn't actually matter what you say whatever you say is going to feed them so you've just got to give them something as quickly as you can that mm-hmm. so that so that you can get on with hearing their brilliance nice right which just gets at that like striving relaxation like it doesn't matter what you yeah. it doesn't matter what you do just that's cool just go mm-hmm. and then of course they find oh the quality of the story was not worse and I had more fun, mm-hmm. and we, you know, Love it. we built something more easily together. And then, and then, just the idea of be ob- of being obvious, mm-hmm. like you don't have to come up with a good, and and tricks for staying present, mm-hmm. and knowing that you're going to be okay when you get there. I love that sequence, because it, yeah, I think it, I, it does parallel the notion of tense your toes and then relax and move. Yeah. Try really hard. Try to be good. To try be to good. try to come up with good stuff That's for great. your partner, and then you, you got to sort of spin it when you're teaching it. You got to spin it so that they can't tell you're telling them to do a bad thing. Right? No. Yeah. That, I mean, it you sounds know? sounds like a noble thing to yeah, do. Yeah. Like really try to give them something great. It's really Just cool. Really go for. Them. Yeah. You really want to give them something they're gonna love. Mm-hmm. It's gonna set them up really well. Mm-hmm. And then it's like. Oh, you watch people thinking at, for every mm-hmm. single one. I love the twist. I mean. As an improviser, that is actually something I try to do, mm-hmm. and maybe I shouldn't. But I do try to delight my partners. I was like, all right, let me give them some, some fun that they're going to work with. But I so much prefer the second one you gave, which yeah. is just, they're awesome. They're brilliant. Of course they're going to be they're fine. They're perfect. You, yeah. The thing is, I find the quality of your idea is not likely to change much <laughs> between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, obviously I believe in delighting your partner and setting them up for success, but if that... If that translates into sitting here and thinking about what the best thing I could say is, then you've already failed. Right. So. Yeah, it's just this gritting 
I've got to find it. Like, like, let it go. Let I'm it sure go. I can come up with something that will impress that will impress everybody, right. that will be good, that will speak to this, like, then I will be good at this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who fucking cares if you're good at this? Mm-hmm. Just play. It only matters if you're willing to play. And that, so often, the only thing. So yeah. often that tension is around preservation of some self. Like, I want to look good. I want people to like me. I want to be approved. I want to be included. I yeah. Wanna, you know, and if I just do it well enough, I will be all those things. Right. If I come up with the good enough stuff then I will have, yeah, mm-hmm. made it to the next level or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. met, you know, yeah. That reminds me of uh, Gregory Kramer's work. He wrote a book called Insight Dialogue. Well, he also created the practice, which is a really cool form of practice, uh, which is interpersonal. And so you're using, or not using, you're engaging with another person as your mindfulness practice. And so you're listening to them and they're listening to you. They're helping you find your words. So speech becomes part of the practice. Mm. And he has a sequence. His first step in mindfulness is to pause. So whatever you're doing, to take a break and just chill out and like slow down, slow down, slow down. But the second step is to relax. So the first guideline is pause. And then once you've paused, to relax. And in his case... It's to invite a relaxation of the body. So to have the intention of, yeah, go ahead and see if you can relax your shoulders or relax your belly. If you can't do that, though, relax your mind about needing to do that. Mm. And so that's nice. you don't have to do anything, but, right, but so it's relax the mind as well. So what you were describing sounds like relaxing the mind. And in his notion... When we say the, the the phrase "relax the mind" is basically like accept, mm-hmm. accept what is. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't have to be brilliant. I don't, I'm just I'm just accepting what is. Yeah. So that I, I love his that dual no, notion of okay, if you can relax the body, great. Stay alert, but relax the body. Get rid of that extra tension that's not needed. And then if you can't do that, don't worry about it. Don't worry about having to do it. Yeah. And it's amazing the times when I have done that practice, how if I find there's a block in the body, I can't relax the body. After I relax the mind, the body then relaxes. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing? All right, I'm on board. Yeah. (laughs) Now that you're not trying to force me. Yes. Totally. This is a theme in my life. Now that you're not trying to force me. I'll do whatever. I'll do it. Yeah. Sure. I'm on board. Yeah. Try to force me. No. No, I'm not on board. Forget it. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Yeah. I also think... I mean, I wonder about relaxing too much. You know, in general, in life. Because I'm the sensitive bird that I am, I feel like I need to relax a lot in order to kind of get back on the horse and get back into the arena and to do stuff. I sometimes wonder, am I doing too much of that? You know, like... What does that look like? What do you mean when you say that? Taking more time between things. Uh, it, could be, it could be sleeping. It could be taking more time to eat. It could be doing a puzzle. It could be watching a movie or hanging out with friends. Or It's like not being in achievement mode. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of that is intentional. Like, uh, that's how I want to live my life. Is mm-hmm. a more relaxed. I want to be able to enjoy the things around me. Mm-hmm. So I've structured my life to be, to have plenty of that. Some of it is coping with stress. So whatever anxieties I have from whatever arena, it could be political or climate change or emotional or relationship or work or finance or sometimes I just need a break mm-hmm. and then that break might extend and become a long break and I think am I ever going to get back into it mm-hmm. so I don't know I, I, I'm one of the, somebody who espouses the value of relaxation and the value of just being but then I also wonder okay and what about getting in there Mixing it up. and So again, the the whole balance question. But I think I lean more towards the relaxation side Mm -hmm. uh, than the achievement side. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think about, like, I'm not sure I'm very good at relaxing. Hmm. I don't know what I would do if you told me to relax. You know, just go relax. Be like, well, yeah. So if you say you would go relax, what does that look like for you? What do you do? I literally don't know. You lie on the couch? I'd probably get on the couch. Do you pet the cats? I'd like mindlessly scroll, scroll through Instagram. That would feel kind of good. Mm-hmm. I think puzzles are puzzles are great. Uh huh. When I got one of those going. Yeah. A walk and walk in nature. Would you find that relaxing? Suppose so, but then you gotta like figure. Okay, what nature am I gonna go to, and how do I get there, and am I gonna go now? And do I have time to and get there? Are there back? bugs? Do I have sunscreen? I'm not worried about those things. Okay, it's all just like oh, how do logistics. I get myself to that. Mm-hmm. Just now, I have to decide what nature I'm going to, and like how that's gonna. Which earth am I gonna go walk? Which on? am I gonna go to the beach? Am I gonna go find a forest somewhere? Does that mean crossing a bridge? You know, it's like. <laughs> There might be a troll. That doesn't sound relaxing. That's not nice. Like, that's a day trip. You know, like, that's a oh, whole thing. Like a, you're talking like the Bay Bridge. No, I mean, the bridge. Yeah, there's not a forest in San Francisco I'm going to. I've got to cross a bridge. You're talking about <laughs> crossing just, a bridge in the forest. I've had visions of trolls. And... No, yeah. So if you're like, well, I'm just going to go home and relax. I see. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not very. I don't think I'm very good at it. Mm-hmm. Relax. Massage? Yeah, massage is great. Okay. Candlelight music. <laughs> music. It's relaxing. Yeah, I I think maybe just for me, it's like no agenda. Yeah. Right. That's you that's do what makes just have relaxing. discretionary time. In the evenings after Ramona goes down, generally I'm relaxing. Mm-hmm. Actually. Mm-hmm. And we'll read or we'll we'll watch a thing. Oh, reading is nice. Yeah. 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 And like out loud, like I'll read a thing out loud. Like we'll read a thing together, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you read to each other? Not books. Not books? Novels. Oh, novels. Books. Like you said, not books. Not books, I'll tell you that much. Pamphlets are fine. Brochures are fine. Gazetteers. Magazines. (laughs) Not books, tell you that much. No, books. Product manuals. We read books to each other. That's really cool. Or I read books. I read. Mm-hmm. He listens. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. It's like, oh man, how luxurious. Mm-hmm. I just, as you're but, saying that, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I've got a constant question in my mind. It's like, okay, but how does this relate to improv? Oh, well. I, I'm having the thought, getting to relax in that way mm-hmm. with other troop members, cast mm-hmm. members, 
makes for better improv. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, There's totally. Some, something about the downtime, sharing downtime, builds a connection that then allows us to tune into each other yeah. in the heat of the moment on I th- stage. I think... I have two thoughts on that. Let's see. Okay, one of them, most relatedly, Patricia is like my constant voice of what you do is energetically expensive and you need like performance Mm -hmm. and teaching Mm -hmm. and you need to match it with time that is recharging. Oh, interesting. This is Patricia Ryan Madsen. Yeah. Author of Improv Wisdom. And so in the way that improv, it's that it's part of improv because doing needs to be matched with not doing. Mm. That's part of your job as an improviser is mm-hmm. to not is to is to save up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that strikes me. But the other thing is that I feel like there's a couple of exercises that I do that are all about increasing the levels of chaos until it forces people to accept the chaos, mm. to relax in the midst of chaos, mm. to realize, "Oh, and the, the for me the the tipping point is always Oh, I can't possibly control this. Right. I cannot possibly maintain control over these things. What's an example of an exercise that you would do there? Oh, um, like, like you know, nine sound balls going at once in right. a group of 16 people. Like, and people going, at first feeling like they need to keep an eye on where they all are because they don't want to miss it. If somebody's sending them one, then they're mm-hmm. going to miss it. And so the way that I invite people to relax there is to say, it's not your job to catch it. It's their job to make sure you get it. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry yeah, about it. You can just stand there sort of like slack jawed until somebody gets your attention. Mm-hmm. So you need to stay open and receptive. That's your job, but you don't need to stay in control of all this. You don't need to know where everything is. Soundball is I make a sound, s- toss it to you. I, re- I catch it by repeating that sound, yeah. throw another sound to somebody else. Right. So you got nine of those going at once. You got a That's... whole bunch of them going. It's super chaotic. There's, you know, people are yelling over each other. And there's always this rising, like, oh God. And it's mm-hmm. like, you guys, there's nothing that you need to do. Mm-hmm. When you're throwing, you have one job. Mm-hmm. And that's connect with a person and make sure they get your ball. Mm-hmm. That's it. And otherwise, you stand there and wait until somebody gets your attention. And mm-hmm. it's their job to get your attention. It's Love not it. your job to make sure you don't miss it. Right, right. Because if you miss it, they'll, they'll, they'll make sure you don't. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll send cool. it again. It's not, you yeah. know, it's not yeah. all on you. Yeah. And then the other one is the ro- robot game. Do you know this game? I don't know. So one person, we start out with one person as a robot, one person is like a controller. Okay. And they tap you on the back and you start moving and they tap you twice and you stop. And they tap oh, okay. you on the left shoulder and you go left. They tap you on the right shoulder, you go right. You only do what the controller tells you to do. And if you start to run into trouble, like if they don't notice that you're about to run into something, you are equipped with a program that that makes sure you you meet no harm. So mm-hmm. you stop before you walk into peril, okay. before you collide with anyone or anything, etc. And you make an alarm sound. And that's <laughs> up to the improviser, like whoever, mm-hmm. their own personal alarm sound. And then round two, so they each, they each do that. And then round two, one person gets three robots. Oh, and wow. they and they control all three robots. Uh-huh. And I always seed mischief by saying there's nothing that says that all of these robots move at the same speed. Mm-hmm. And at first, 
controllers try very hard to like, okay, start, 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 stop, stop, stop. Everybody turn left at the same time. We're all going to stay in this one little group. And then it doesn't work. Uh-huh. And you can't maintain control over uh-huh. these things. But you realize they're not going to let themselves meet harm. So it's okay. Let, let, let go. one go and deal with this one and stop that one and then walk over and get this one and recognize that like there's, it, there's zero way you can control this. So uh-huh. it, relaxing and accepting. Like, yeah. what's his name? Gregory Kramer. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. There's no maintaining control here. I love it. So get used to that and and relax mm-hmm. and let things be chaotic. Yeah, that's let a, things be out of your control. That's such a crucial moment for improvisers to yeah. relax and go into the to choose the chaos. Relax it. Relax into yeah, it. Just be in it. Into it. Just be in yeah. it. Yeah. Let it be there. Take joy in it instead mm-hmm. of frustration in it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some improvisers who... I feel like often engineers are like this. They sort of show up into improv and they're like, mind is blown open and their heart is blown open and they love it. And then they apply an engineer's brain to getting good at improv. So it's like, ah, this is the skill. I shall practice the skill until I am good at the skill. This is the skill. I shall identify, articulate, and optimize for this skill. Got mm-hmm. it. I understand how to make this work. And then you realize that improv is not a, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And that the last thing you need to get good at doing is, is giving up control. Right. But the way they got good is by controlling their process. Good to a certain point. Yeah. Good to a certain point. And then yeah. it's like, okay, if you want to be great, you've got to just go with it. Right. And there's not a one side. There's not a rule here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't follow it and you can't just get good at improv. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. Right. So the last thing is okay, now give up control and see what happens. I think that's probably true about a lot of things other than improv too, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever, if it's an art form or a relationship form that you could break down the components and uh, get better at the components and that will up your game. And that will get get you a long way. A long way. And then at some point, there's sinking into the chaos and getting skillful with that. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, oh, this is just its own thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that um, I'm kind of looping back to something I was mentioning earlier that the idea of improvisers getting to know each other better. Yeah. So we just had the Bats Improv Picnic. Yeah. A couple weekends ago, and I got to hang out with Karen Brelsford and Derek E. quite yeah. a bit. Derek was grilling, and Karen was helping with that. They were doing some amazing teamwork with the hot dogs. One they are, one, by the way, co-artistic directors of Bats Improv. So it was so cool to watch them. One would pick up the hot dog with the tongs. Uh, no, one would take it off the grill with the tongs, and then the other one would stab it with a fork and then put it on a plate. Or no, it's the other direction. One stabbed it with a fork, brought it over to the grill. The other take took it with, it with the tongs. tongs. Yeah. I was like, nice job, you two. But getting to hang out with them. It's <laughs> funny. We also played croquet. Getting to hang out with them and relax yeah. in this non-agenda way, I felt more connected to them. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a week later, and I go see a show at Bats, and Derek's in the show. Now, I'm not in the show. I'm not performing, so I'm not trying to do... Trying, I don't need to be relaxed with him. But as an audience member, I felt more relaxed into him mm. because I just had that connection, right? That we, I had spent that time with him, so now I have it's this... like, oh, that's my buddy Derek. That's, that's my buddy Derek. Yeah. He is. And he was so delightful in the show. It was the Arabian Nights that you were in. And God, it was such a fun show. Really sweet show. And so just a little more evidence for me of that notion of spending time with people in a relaxed fashion yeah. builds a connection, builds an affection yeah. that then plays out like... Again, I'm not performing, but I'm 
I always think of myself as supporting the actors yeah. when I'm in the audience, that my attentive energy is doing something for them. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, I'm more involved, more invested. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Makes me want to connect more with people. Yeah. Get back out there. And I also, I did feel like I wanted to start performing again after watching that show. It was such a fun show. This it is, had so much joy in it. Yeah. This is a new format oh. that Basil Andafuri created called Arabian Nights. And it's storytelling, like nested storytelling. And yeah. All these. Uh, it's not super new. He directed it years ago. Many years ago, like 2015 maybe. And then again in 2017. And then so now. Yeah, he's done yeah. it for a while. It was really cool. You had all the costumes and the music, Middle Eastern music. It yeah. Was, it was a great show. Really cool. Right on. Well, so anyway, that's some of what I was thinking about. Yeah, cool. I'm. It, something struck me about this guy who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that he wrote a book about it. Say more. How so? Because it feels very Western. <laughs> I figured this out. I will write a book. I will tell the world. I will I will like show them what I have found. It's like, dude, just maybe just relax now that you know. Like just well, he, just relax. His he's very clear in there that his hope is to be able to help other people relax. Yeah. Is that he wants it to be a gift to say it doesn't have to be so hard. You you don't have to work so much and there's another way in. It might if I can save you the 20 years of struggle and strife that I had trying to get my meditation practice then I'll do a good thing. Yeah. Right. What, I hear what you're saying. Is his yeah. being, was his assessment that he was bad at him? Like there's something that, that seems funny. I think it's that he didn't feel peaceful. He was like striving for this kind of peace and he couldn't get there. But you have said that the point is not to feel peaceful. The point is to be present with what's there. Mm-hmm. So... So sorry, buddy. Anxiety's there. Like, you're doing it. You're doing it. And if what you're noticing is that you don't like that anxiety's there, then relaxation is not for your meditation. Relaxation is for your life. Uh, Interesting. Right? Like, there's this piece of me that's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you are doing it. You are meditating. You just find that you're very anxious. What you notice... I mean, I'm, I'm probably missing it because I have an incredibly simplified understanding of this, but... I'm sure there's some element of that, and and if you read it, you'd, you'd probably think of it differently. Yeah, I'm sure. And and I think yeah, I prefer to just something. judge things from from brief abridged versions easier. of yeah. descriptions from my friends, especially second or third hand, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, ideally. <laughs> uh, I think it's a it's a fair question. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't matter, I suppose. But there's something in that that's like oh, but and maybe this ties back to like my feelings about social media, which are like, just have your life. Right. You don't need to advertise your life. Just have your experience. I think, I think there's some element of recognizing that there are benefits to when we can sit quietly, when we can sort of get into a meditation, that there are side benefits. Uh-huh. Some of them physical health, but also mental health. And it creates a spaciousness. So... The and there, more, was a, there was a block for him the, from yeah, being able to access that. The more easily we can get into that, the more those benefits will appear. And yeah. so, like, trying to get rid of the obstacles, the blocks that are in the way of that ease, yeah. because he wants more of those benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the, the notion. It's like, oh, there's this, there's this great garden on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Like, how do I get through the wall? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So let me show you that, you know, here, here's some keys. Right. You can get through the wall a little bit more easily. Yeah. Although you could say, well, but why do you have to go into the garden to meditate? You can just meditate outside the garden. Right? Well, so, I also, like, it, like, it, like I wonder, well, it doesn't matter. I was just wondering if he would feel this, if he would, if the two would need to be connected or if he could, did he, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, if you do relaxation every day. Would that be enough? There to get will you be less balance? anxiety, regardless of if you sit right after the right. relaxation or if you sit later in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, are they kind of the same? Mm-hmm. Interesting question. I think it'd be fun to get Bill Morgan on, on a, podcast. a podcast, and we can ask him these questions. Wow. We can tell him to listen to this episode <laughs> where we dismiss this notion. You know how Lisa thinks your approach is a little bit. So, Bill, <laughs> Lisa thinks you're off base. I think. Is she wrong? <laughs> we can ask him that question yeah. when we get him on the podcast. More than off base, she thinks you completely missed the point. <laughs> Deal with your anxiety. Deal Bill. with your anxiety, Bill. Don't make it anybody else's problem. It's fine. Just to go figure out how to be less anxious. Did you, did you have to write a book? Did you have to write a book? You just keep it. Just, just figure out your life. Live your life. Is that not enough for you? <laughs> Okay, maybe don't listen to this episode. Okay, don't, yet, Bill. Bill, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> I know. I think I think we would get along great because he's 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 totally into play and and he's totally into games and. I, I like the games idea. Yeah, I think he's. I think he'd be, in the improv, if he's not already in the improv arena, he would be delighted to be. That's my sense. Cool. So, all right, he's we're got coming an for improviser you, spirit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add about our topic? No, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not sure that I've said anything terribly interesting, but... Well, that's always the case. That's not my... It's none of my business. You don't have to worry about it. The, the listeners are brilliant. They will make the... Well, they will make their own choice. They will make... They will form their own opinions. Right. Do we have any games we want to play? In this case, it would be a closing game. I can't think of anything. All right. I have an idea. I have... A, I don't know if we can play this game. But I have an idea for a little closing. What's like one of those desserts you mentioned? The French desserts. The Café Gourmand? I mean, yeah, I want to give you two, two games for listeners to be able to play themselves. Oh, great. So we had mentioned Soundball. Yeah. And Soundball is one person makes a sound and makes a gesture of tossing a ball. The other person receives it by making the same sound. So maybe we just play like 15 seconds to just illustrate yeah. what this is like. So I'll send you one. Bjoa joa. Bjoa joa. Yaha. Okay, so that's sound ball. Yeah. Uh, I have They probably could not keep track of who was doing what sound. I don't know. Maybe the you just hear a repeated sound. But yeah. But I recently found two new versions. One somebody gave to me the other day, which was sound handball. Or, and, and I was like, why do you call it that? Anyway, it's just solo. Now, I have often encouraged students to play sound ball with the world by listening for sounds that the world makes and trying their best to repeat that sound. Mm-hmm. So you hear a door close and like, yeah. can I get that right? But this is somebody just plays sound ball by themselves. They send a sound and they receive the sound. Mm-hmm. So they're just generating their own sound. So I would play by myself. Yivya. And so you're just repeating your own sounds. And I played it. I was like, that's actually kind of fun. Hmm. And I'm, I'm eager to try it with students 
because so often with students or people who are new to soundball, they get resistance like, I ran out of sounds. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to make them up. Like, well, what if you just do it for yourself? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a neat. So that's one. Yeah. A little dessert. And the other. Do people really tell you I ran out of sounds? Oh, yes. It happened to me the other day. I was leading a program. And There's no more sounds? That's it. I, I couldn't find anymore. I got so stressed because I couldn't find anymore. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, the thing is you can keep making the same sound over and over yeah. until a new one shows up. Yeah. But there's always sound. I did say, you know, then there's like reach, use your body to reach to different places. You'll find different sounds. Yeah. But the other, okay, so the other little version of sound ball that people might enjoy is one that I came to out of, a little bit out of necessity when the my Playful Mindfulness Learning Lab that I'm running was already a small group, six people. Well, it turned out five people couldn't come that night. So just one person showed up. So that was COVID, somebody was traveling, whatever. But so she and I were playing, we played sound ball. And I just thought, you know, let's expand this. So we went outside and I just started looking around at different things around me and using them as inspiration for sounds. Mm. So I would see... Um, uh, a post, and I'd make a gesture moving up and down. I'd go, inspired by the view of the post. Or yeah. I'd see a cloud, and I'd go, ooh. Right. Right? Whatever it was, yeah. using the things around us to inspire the sound. Cool. And then we would just trade off like normal, but it wasn't tossing a ball. It was pointing things out and making a sound that looked like, or that we thought would go with that yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that was inspired by that exactly. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it was so fun. We played for like 20 minutes and kept cracking each other up. Oh, my God. You just took turns. We just took turns. Bounced yeah. back and forth. So I call this game Surround Sound Ball. I love it. Because it's playing with your surroundings. Yeah. So I encourage people to find a partner and go out. If you're in a room that's totally empty, it's not as exciting because you're just <laughs> oh, like... And then I, what are you doing in that room? Exactly. Why are you in a completely empty room? Corporate, corporate America sometimes can be boring. That's but correct. so, yes, if you're in a place that's got a lot of things to... To respond to outside yes. will be great because there's lots of different shapes. Really fun, really leaves fun. on trees and yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So those are just two new. Well, you, now you've got three things to play with if you haven't played sound ball before. Regular sound ball, solo, solo sound, sound ball, and surround sound. Surround ball. sound ball. Try them out. Give us a holler. Let us know what you think. There's your cafe gourmand of improv games. So très très bien. And we are the espresso. We <laughs> hopefully not. We didn't ruin your relaxation by being so jazzed on our espresso. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for considering the topic. I yeah. hope it was fun. Hope it, yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Appreciate your focus. Hopefully this was relaxing. I'm a little inspired to figure out how to relax. To do that, to choose to do that more. It's a good question. Yeah. I I probably do it, but I don't think about it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you say that, I like the idea of finding new ways to relax. Yeah. So I've got some old standbys, things I know and I rely on, but like, what's a new way? How else can I do it? Yeah. And uh, enjoying that kind of variety. Yeah, and when I figure them out, I'm going to write a book about them. (laughs) I hope it's really good. (laughs) It's going to be a bestseller, I tell you that much. (laughs) 
An excellent, excellent book. It's going to be a really good book. I'm going to write a very good book about how to relax. Yeah, I am also. I'm also eager to see if we could have Bill Morgan, author of the Meditator's Dilemma, come on. We really should s- try to get him. I, I hope he doesn't out. listen to this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. But that would be fun. That would be fun. So, uh, yeah, and I like. I liked the. It doesn't seem as immediate. Uh, application or there aren't as many connections in my mind immediately with relaxation to improv so it's kind of fun to get in there yeah. and work about a little bit yeah I think that I think that they're I think that because you gotta you do have to be on mm-hmm. and in some ways relax relaxation is the opposite of being on right but you have to be on in yeah. order to improvise yeah so it is it's a little bit there are places for for relaxation or or cousins of relaxation. Yeah, yeah. and that, that it, we, we welcome that inevitable question of how much tension is the right amount? Hey, we gotta have enough to to make the uh, guitar string sing, but not so much that it's gonna snap. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. inevitable question, so right on. Right cool. On. Uh, hey, if you wanna get in touch with us, you wanna respond to the episode, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. You can reach either of us. Uh, anything you want to let people know about? Performances coming up? or? Oh, no, I got some shows. Uh, let's see. But I'm trying to remember when they are, and I forget. But you can go to lisaroland.com, and those have all my show dates. That's a great way to get in touch with lisaroland.com. Yeah. With Lisa Roland. <laughs> At lisaroland.com. <laughs> and uh, I do not have a ton going on right now. I am going to be teaching a class through Stanford Continuing Studies called The Right to Speak, Finding and Freeing Your Natural Voice. And that's going to start in October, uh, but I'm headed to France for a bit here, so going to be out of the loop stateside before then. So, uh, but check out Stanford Continuing Studies. I think sign up start next week. So great, it'd be great to have some take that, that class. It's really cool. Yeah, really cool. So all right, well, I hope the end of your summer is going well, people. Really delighted that you're listening, and uh, we're ever grateful that you're with us. Yeah, and I guess we'll do another one of these in a number of weeks. In a number of weeks, we'll. Get back to it, and uh, we'll see you again. See on you in the side. fall. All right, ciao, everybody. Bye bye.